Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Happy Labor Day weekend to those able to enjoy it. Uh, we are in the midst of quite a FIBA World Cup going on right now. Uh, Paolo Bencaro and the Wagner brothers are moving on to the knockout quarterfinal stage. However, Team USA took a defeat today uh, as we're recording this against Lithuania. So the USA-Germany final dream is over, but we might get USA versus Germany in the semifinals instead. Uh, Joe Ingles, Goga Bataze, they're, uh, they're going home early. Uh, Australia and Georgia didn't make it out of the second group stage into the quarterfinals. But we have a lot to talk about, even though you know the last pod was only a couple days ago. A lot's happened this weekend so far. So uh, I'm excited to talk about some FIBA basketball. Let's go. Hardaway, straight down the lane, the power jab. Point guard on the 7 6 guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! Good and Here's Turkaloo for the win. All right, we are recording this uh, Sunday night, September 3rd. So happy Labor Day weekend to those who uh, who can enjoy it. I'm uh, going to hold off on magic topics for now, uh, which there's not a ton. Um, there's the Stan Dwight stuff. Just going to hold off on that for right now. Just going to stick with FIBA World Cup action. So, you know, just quickly before we get into what's been going on since Friday, you know, uh, the Wagner brothers are five and O heading into the quarterfinal knockout stage. Um, even though Franz has only played still just the first game for Germany, uh, Mo and, uh, and the rest of that German team is, is looking pretty strong team USA and Palo just suffered their first loss today, uh, at the hands of Lithuania, but they're still on their way into the quarterfinals. Um, we can't get a Paolo Wagner Brothers World Cup final. That dream died, but we could get uh, a matchup of Germany USA in the semifinals instead, which is very possible as we discuss this. Uh, Koga Bataze, Joe Ingles, they're going home as uh, Georgia and Australia crashed out of uh, the second group stage phase, which we'll uh, we'll talk about now. Um, Penny, what do we think of? Uh, how are you holding up watching some of these games uh, in the morning? I know. Uh, you know, there's a 12 or 13 hour time difference depending on which which games are being watched. But I mean, they've been going on since three as early as like three three thirty in the morning to start times being eight forty eight thirty in the morning. Um, how 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 are you handling your morning basketball? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not as good uh, as you are about just foregoing sleep in total. So <laughs> uh, anything after like five is much better than anything at three or four for me. Yeah, like I said, when I did the solo pod, uh, you know, my dog has been sick. He's he's thankfully a lot better now. He's he's getting through uh, this last stretch of meds that he's on. But because of the meds, like he's having to go to the bathroom a lot more. So like middle of the night, like even without me planning on it, I've, I've had to like wake up here and there. And so because of that, I'm naturally up. And so you're right. I am a sicko when it comes to sleep, but it uh, it it will eventually take a toll if I keep this up. But uh 
Honestly, we we we're past like the tough tough part. Um, potentially. Um, you know, I don't have to wake up as early as like three or three thirty for any of these games. And I think the earliest now is like four forty five, which is like a reprieve at this point. But, um, all right, let's get into it. So we're recording this Sunday night. Um, we're gonna go back to Friday two night two days ago, uh, September first, which was the beginning of this brief second group stage phase. Um, you know, the first group stage was each team was playing three games here for those that advanced to the final 16. Um, they played an additional two games for the each for this, uh, this second group stage phase. So, uh, for the, if, if for those teams that played their first group stage games in either, you know, the Manila, Philippines, Okinawa, Japan, or uh, Jakarta, Indonesia, Indonesia, you, you stayed put in those cities for these games, which, Again, I've been looking at the weather like in in Manila, the Philippines, it's been like monsoon season there. It, like it is the rainy season. It's been raining a ton there. Um Okinawa, Japan, they had like a couple of typhoon warnings, but nothing nothing big hit them, but they they were on alert for typhoons cuz um you know, people freak out about hurricanes here in the states, but typhoons happen more often and are oftentimes more powerful than hurricanes over in the Pacific, but because those islands and those nations deal with them way more often, like their homes and like their infrastructure actually handles it a lot better than say Florida does hurricanes. So, um, all right, let's get into this first game from Friday. So Germany, Georgia, Franz Wagner was ruled out. Uh, Espina Barton, she was, she's been in Okinawa. She just finished her, her Okinawa FIBA world cup national, uh, uh, announcing duties, but she's, she was calling the, you know, these Okinawa games as, as well as in the first round, but um, Goga Bataze, he started for the first time this tournament for Georgia. He faced off against Daniel Tice. Uh, Goga, he hit like a three early in the game and was well on his way to another double-double. Um, we had our first Mo Wagner versus Goga Bataze alert as uh, Mo had checked in, I think, with Germany down 14 to 16. You know, Mo's first shot was a three to beat the shot clock buzzer to put Germany up 22 to 16. Uh, Mo had some trouble backing Goga down. Like one of the things that's been successful for Mo in this tournament in general is backing down either smaller or just not as talented uh, opposition. But um, Mo was having a bit of trouble backing down Goga. So he had to kind of work the perimeter more. But um, so that's why that first three that Mo hit was, was huge to get Mo's confidence up out of the gate. Um, Goga's first eight minute stint, uh, well, he had five points and three boards. So again, he, he was well on his way to a good statistical game, uh, former magic man. Cause a lot of people forget we had him for his rookie season, but, uh, Zaza Pachulia was, uh, was, has been sitting courtside for all of these Georgia games. And, um, it kind of sucks for him because he spent, over a decade carrying Georgia for by himself forever. And now that they're good, you know, he's retired, but the, you know, Georgia's, this is the most respectable Georgia's ever been in FIBA basketball. You know, this, this nation post-Soviet union, you know, has been around for three decades now, and this is the strongest basketball wise Georgia's been. And this was their first FIBA world cup. And to just make it into the second group stage was a pretty big deal for them, honestly. But um, Mo Wagner, he had a second three pointer to give Germany a 25, 20 lead. You know, when Mo came out, Goga reentered and Germany was up 35, 27. Sandro Mamakalashvili has had like some hot streaks in this tournament for Georgia. Like he was making it rain from deep for three. 
Um, Isak Bonga with Franz Wagner out. Isak Bonga has been starting in place of Franz. He hit some big threes for uh, for Germany during that Mamu Kalashvili uh, stretch. But Georgia was up 40 to 39 in this game. It doesn't feel like it based off the final score. But, I mean, it was a really entertaining first half, like really, really entertaining. Um, Gogo was at like nine points, hitting a couple free throws. Um, we then had more kind of Mo versus Goga. Um, Mo then started using some of his NBA savvy. It's more of a veteran savvy than Goga, I guess, to to kind of bait Goga into fouls. Um, yeah, I mean, it was at halftime, it was, what, 43-41 Germany, and it was just a really, really good game. Uh, I think the rest factor played a role here because Germany had an extra rest day between the first group stage and the second group stage, and Georgia didn't. And I think it factored in because, you know, other than Goga getting an alley-oop dunk finish early in the second half, like Germany then started opening up a lead. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. How much of this game did you see, Penny? Was it mostly highlights or did you actually get to watch a good chunk of it? I watched mostly second half, so I missed the <laughs> the good part of, of the actual game. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of the back and forth that you just described. So... Um, I've been shy. I was a little surprised, I have to say, about uh, Goga's overall play, just in terms of pretty consistent um, contribution, you know, coming off the bench, too. Yeah, for most of these games coming off the bench, this one he finally started. But um, yeah, it, it, again, they coached by this Greek guy, Elias Zuros, who I'll talk about here later on because he's he's been coaching this Georgia national team for eight years now. I didn't realize it was even that long, but it's eight years. He's a big reason. And I mean, they have talented players too, obviously. Like uh, Shingalia is kind of like they're, they're still their best player overall. I'd say Goga and then uh, that Sinsaze guy, the 37-year-old, like those are their best players overall. But, um, you know, even pieces like uh Shermadini and of course Sandra Mamakalishvili like um Georgia's got some ballers now and yeah I mean the second half it fortunately you missed the good part I guess but in the second half like Gogo was doing pretty good against guys like Voitman but against Mo uh not so much so but I thought Mo should have started the third quarter he was that much better than Voitman but it didn't end up hurting Germany uh because Andreas Obst ca- caught fire for Germany and they were up like 58 45 in a flash as uh Zuros went to like Greek yelling mode finally like he was pretty calm for most of that game until that stretch where they were down like 13 and then he, he started yelling at his guys in the timeout hot huddle um you love these FIBA timeout huddles with the coaches right Penny we I mean we'll never get it in the NBA but no, it's, nice I mean, to, yeah. it's already censored for these USA games. Like Kerr doesn't allow guys in the huddle. Like it's, it's an NBA coaches association thing. Like they don't, they won't allow it. it it's, it's really annoying. And yeah, you're going to get awkward moments where guys or coaches are yelling and cursing at each other or, or shit's going down with players and it looks awkward and it looks really weird, but this benefits stuff like fans want to see this. It's, it's really good. Um, and you can see plays and stuff as well. Like I, that's, that's the other thing. Like it, it's really annoying that the NBA doesn't allow it. Um, yeah, it's, it sucks that we don't get it in the NBA. So, but um, you know, you had Georgia was in big trouble. Once Goga went to the bench with three fouls, like uh, Georgia was down 61 45. 
Mo and Goga matched up again early and often in the fourth quarter. Uh, by then, USA Montenegro had uh, ha- had gotten uh, really competitive at that by that point. Um, and I, I don't blame people if they didn't if they turned away once Germany went up by like sixteen points. Like I really don't, but because uh, you know Mauro Low hit six threes for Germany in the fourth quarter. Um, I know he's 30 years old, but you could put him out low on an NBA team. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind the magic having him as a, as a shooter kind of defensive guard type person. Um, and then, yeah, just Georgia turnovers combined with Germany's threes. It just, the gap went well over 20 and Germany won 100 to 73 to stay undefeated. Goga in 27 minutes and 24 minutes that he's, you know, he started, he had 15 points, six rebounds, two assists, one block, a steal. Mo Wagner in 20 minutes off the bench got 14 points, six rebounds, five assists, and one steal. Both players shot the ball well overall. Uh, Mo Wagner ended up winning the TCL player of the game, which is this is the second time he's winning this award in this tourney. He won it in the first game against Japan, and now he won it in the second one. I was a little surprised he got it. You could have given it to like three other German guys between uh, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Andreas Obst, and Maudo Lowe, but Mo had the best efficiency score. Um, and I I won't go over how the efficiency score is tabulated, but he had the best efficiency score out of anyone, and he got the award. Um, what are your Mo Wagner thoughts so far for him in this tourney? Because this is like the awkward situation where – I was one of the few Magic fans that saw Mo playing in the pre-Olympic qualifying tournament in 2021, where he was amazing, and he literally dragged Germany into the Olympics, like by himself. He he dragged Germany into the Olympics. Now, once they got to Tokyo, you know he didn't play as well because teams were just keying in on him, and you know it wasn't as great as in the pre-Olympic qualifying tournament when he beat. Lithuania and like a couple, I think he beat Slovenia too in, in that. And, you know, he got hurt last year with Eurobasket. So no magic fans got to see him during the Franz run. Um, and people just need to remember that Mo is like a really, really valuable part of this, is of this German national team. Like Germany would have probably won gold at Eurobasket if, if Mo was healthy. And it's kind of showing in itself here that even with Franz out, like Mo's picking up a lot of scoring slack coming off the bench. I don't know. What are your Mo viewpoints? Yeah, I mean, we'll look across all of the games. You're seeing kind of uh, fringe NBA guys or reserve NBA guys in, in prominent starring roles with their national teams. And uh, I, I would have to imagine, obviously there's immense pride in doing that, but I would have to imagine that the injury last year and not being able to play is also factoring into the, uh, the mental state and the quality of the performance to to have the opportunity to contribute this time, and especially with, you know, his brother dealing with the ankle injury too, to uh, ensure that, you know, he's doing everything he can to help Germany continue to advance. I, I think the play has been, I would almost say, great across the board, pretty much. Um, do you put any stock in these performances as you put Mo and Goga up against each other for, um, you know, who's going to be the the primary backup center for the magic next season. Um, I do because this is often like a launch point for guys like, you know, Mo used the 2021 run to be a launch point into 
having a great time with the magic and why he's still on the magic. Um, and yeah, I, I do. It's, I still think Mo Wagner's more of a power forward than a center, which is the interesting part. Uh, so you could actually, and I, I said this, like, I think the magic are relying a ton on Jonathan Isaac, uh, bolstering the bench unit. And I think they're looking at Jonathan Isaac as almost being like the center with playing with Mo Wagner with at the moment, I still think Goga's the third center at the moment. Um, but it's, he's good. He's great. He's good to have. I think you can play Goga and Mo together. Um, we saw it late last season with the magic. I thought it, it actually worked pretty well in stints. Um, I think you can play them both together is the point. Now, if you're trying to carve out minutes for guys like Jed Howard, uh, Chuma, um, who else? Joe Ingles. Um, and uh, I'm missing one or Perry Caleb Houston or something that gets tough, but I mean, this is what competition's all about. So yeah, I, I think it's going to benefit. Do you think so? I mean, yeah, I, I think there's always a benefit also. I mean, just, having those performances in your mental Rolodex to inspire confidence throughout the season, you know, that you're, you're coming into training camp, presuming you're coming in healthy. Um, I think feeling really good about your game. Well, and they're going to have after this tournament, like they're going to have like Goga's going to have a full month off. Like Joe Ingle's going to have a full month off because magic media day and training camps like October 3rd, I think. So you literally have, a full month to rest now, but you're already in shape. And it seems like both Goga and Ingles are healthy for sure. Um, now, you know, Mo Franz potentially and uh, Paolo are going to go a little longer. They're going to go a week longer, but still it's more rest than what Franz had after Eurobasket last year. Cause after Eurobasket last year, I think it was about two weeks of rest they had. Uh, he had so, or maybe two and a half weeks. And so, yeah, I think there's a good balance here between just upping your game. In Goga's case, Goga's a confidence player. Like when we got him after Indiana waved him, like his confidence yeah. was shot. Like yeah. we re- we've rehabilitated that guy. And now he's this 24-year-old on a really cheap contract who he's better than a third string center. I think we can I think we can kind of say that okay. Like he would he should be he could be a backup center on half the NBA teams, I would say potentially. Um, Cause he brings just that physicality, that beefiness, like he'll block a shot here and there. Uh, but I mean, in this Euro basket, I mean, in this uh, FIBA world cup, like he's, he's been shooting threes and like that jump shot, it's pretty confident now from where it was when he left Indiana in like the early days with the magic, like his shot, his jumper looks pretty nice right now. So um yeah. On any other thoughts before I switch over to USA Montenegro? No, let's go back to the American wheelhouse here. <laughs> All right. So USA Montenegro on Friday tipped off 10 minutes after Germany, Georgia. So I, I had the double screen action. Um, when did you get into, did you end up rewatching the USA Montenegro game? Did you hop in like halfway for this as well? Um, I, I ended up t- uh, DVRing the game to watch it on its own merits. Fair enough. Um, so if you have Spectrum TV, like I do, uh, the USA Montenegro game still should have came up for you if uh, if you logged into uh, ESPN Plus on your laptop phone. Like it, it works. Like there was this issue with ESPN uh, on or, uh, ESP. Uh, all, all the Disney channels on Spectrum got turned off 
Thursday night at 8 p.m. Exactly. So if you were a Florida Gator fan trying to watch them lose to Utah, you were furious out of your mind. And apparently that's like 16 million like households here in the state were impacted, are impacted. Um, but if you have ESPN Plus, you could still watch uh, all the FIBA games, including USA Montenegro, even though it says ESPN2, there's an ESPN Plus feed. And that's, that plays into the remaining of the remainder of these games, I believe. Um Moving forward for Team USA, uh, you can still watch them all on ESPN+. Plus. Um, if you do have Spectrum and you haven't called them to complain yet, you should give them a call and complain because they'll give you a $15 uh, statement credit for your bill, which is better than nothing. So hopefully they figure that out because uh, Labor Day weekend is a rough weekend to lose uh, access to stuff. Um, like there's some U.S. Open action I didn't get, tennis action I didn't get to see. Uh, there's some like Formula One small stuff i didn't get to see although you i could still see the race thankfully on espn plus but anyway to delve too much into that so usa so paolo bencaro has been dealing with a sprained or jammed right thumb at the at the world cup uh, it happened apparently on a on a pass he received i guess a few days prior uh i don't know if he did it in the last for uh first group stage game or not or if it happened before that he says he's fine but his thumb is is wrapped um so montenegro got out of the gate really well early uh our friend uh nikola vucevic uh former magic uh great nikola vucevic and uh orlando edgewater highs kendrick perry got montenegro off to an 11-4 start penny what's your kendrick perry knowledge based off of your past uh boone high school history so surprisingly little to none. There was no overlap there, um, but certainly uh, one of the one of the better uh, local pro- uh, products to come out uh, in quite some time. Yeah, he's um, he's forged a pretty great international career, and he's been you know he's been a naturalized Montenegro player for a little while now, and uh, he's he loves it. He is he's been really good for Montenegro. Um, that's been a great get for them. Uh, it was a very empty arena in Manila because it was still in the afternoon, you know, er, late afternoon, very early uh, evening in Manila. So uh, the locals didn't, weren't showing up in droves for this USA Montenegro game, um, which might have threw Team USA off because Team USA has been used to playing in these kind of packed arenas for the most part. So I kind of noticed that. So Paolo checks in with the US down 8 to 12, and he had good Paolo Bencaro defense out of the gate. Um, Vooch was sitting when, and this was, I think, right when Vooch sat as well. And he had, when Vooch sat, he had like nine points and eight rebounds already in that first period. So, um, but U.S. led 19 to 18, uh, I believe after one quarter. Paolo, he only had like two rebounds. Um, and then I think one missed uh, three point attempt. That's all he had attempt wise was that was that one missed three pointer after one quarter. But then we got back to back Palo buckets like to put the U.S. up twenty six to twenty three, um, in a really sick highlight fashion. But you know, Palo was at up to four points and two rebounds at that point. But just he and Halliburton connected on a lob dunk as uh, Vooch wisely got out of the way. Had he not, that would have been a poster dunk most likely. And then Paolo with the, just a dribble behind the back reverse layup. That was really freaking nice. Uh, how nice was that play, Penny? 
<laughs> always enjoyable to see a highlight play um, that gets, you know, put out on Twitter, now X, and ESPN hammers home. So nice to see. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a 610... I don't I don't think he weighs 250. I think he's more 240 now than 250. But maybe he is 250. I don't know. But um it's a 6'10, 250 guy doing that. Like, and it he looks like a a point guard doing that move. That was that was awesome. Um so Montenegro was up 38 to 37 at halftime. Jaron Jackson Jr. was in foul trouble again. Uh Steve Kerr's starters as a whole were underperforming again. I mean, at this point, Josh Hart was ha, has been starting and Brandon Ingram has been coming off the bench now, but um, the starter still as a whole underperforming. I thought Paolo earned more offensive touches. Um, Vooch already uh, was a, only was a point away from a double-double uh, at halftime. And then, yeah, Kerr switched things up in the uh, – in the second half where he had Halliburton and Reeves more with the starters. And then, you know, the U S was up 56, 51, uh, when Paolo checked back in with one thirty-six to go in the third, the U S was missing threes. Montenegro was crashing the boards that ended up being a theme again against Lithuania, uh, on Sunday. But, um, you know, Paolo physical had a really physical finish down low. It was uh 63, 57 U S uh, which put Paolo at six points on three of five shooting at that point. Again, I thought he needed more touches. Do you agree that Paolo has earned and should get more touches considering that he's supposedly like the Draymond Green of this of, of this team, I guess? I mean, well, I... And now, Draymond doesn't shoot, but right. he still gets the ball in his hands. He's. I think he's still navigating like how exactly to roll in kind of the short roll situation um, there's a lot of nuance with spacing with the international game. That's a little bit different than the NBA game, obviously too, but, uh, certainly the touches are light. Um, and then recency bias, maybe not, he hasn't been doing the best job with the touches he's been, he's been getting, but if you're going to plug him into that role, then you got to utilize it. And, you know, as with most us teams, there's certainly a lot of tendency to, uh, for the ball to stick and to overhunt kind of that isolation game too. Yep. So Paolo, he's still been getting to the free throw line. Uh, free throw percentage has been a bit, has been an issue no matter how, how often he's been carrying that FIBA ball everywhere he goes. It's we, and we have to talk about it, but it's a huge difference. The ball is a huge difference. The panels are different. Um, the feel of the ball is, is different. Like it's, it's slightly smoother and I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. say, I would say it's more rock like. Yes. Would you agree or disagree? It's more I, like I a, would agree. Yeah. The panels yeah. are very different. Um, So like the way you grip the ball, it's very yeah. different. Like it, it's, it's very different. It is. Um, That's why even like guys like Franz Wagner have trouble with the FIBA ball often too. Still, you know, with, at the free throw line, like Mo Wagner's having free some free throw issues of late now too, even though he shot the ball pretty well uh, in the first round. But um, yeah, it's it, it's a thing, man. It, it is. Um, but he's still been getting to the line. He's still been getting physical, which is what you want to see. Uh, at one point, Bobby Portis got the board off of uh, one of uh, off of the second free throw that Paolo missed. Like he made the first, he missed the second, and then Paolo immediately got to the free throw line again. Again, Paolo split the free throws. So he was, it was 66 62 US at that point. Paolo was up to eight points, but 204 from the charity stripe. That's got to be better. Um, 
And there were seven minutes left in the game at this point, I believe. So, and then Paolo sat uh, after, and the U.S. finished with, I guess, their starters, including Hart, and then they had Reeves and Halliburton in there. Reeves hit this clutch three-pointer that put the U.S. up 75-68 with 244 in the game. Like, I mean, it was a four-point game, and then Reeves made it seven with that three. Jaron Jackson Jr. woke up late because he finally didn't foul out, uh, or he hadn't fouled out at that point. Um, and I don't think he fouled out in this game, but... You know, he woke up late and he he started putting some points in. So the U.S. was up 79-69 with a minute 29 to go. Montenegro ran out of time. Um, you know, the U.S., they survived the Montenegro scare and won 85-73. This was a much tighter game than a 12-point victory. And, you know, I, I had noted it down and ended up coming to fruition, really. But Lithuanian Valanciunas had a blueprint for how to beat this USA team. and. Yeah coming out of this game and Paolo, he played 14 minutes off the bench. He finished with eight points, four rebounds and assist one steal pretty solid game. Um, you know, could he, could he do a little bit better with all of his offensive touches? Yes. Do I think he should get more offensive touches? Also? Yes. Um, Anthony Edwards was scoreless at halftime and then he dropped 17 points in the second half. That was a big deal. Um, thoughts leaving this, this USA Montenegro game. Um, Knowing that they were going to play Lithuania and Valanciunas on Sunday without DeMontis Sabonis, by the way, Lithuania is missing a couple guys, particularly DeMontis Sabonis. Um, you know, what, what were your thoughts coming at leaving leaving this Montenegro game? Well, two two thoughts. One, U.S. wise, like the the blueprint has been obviously it was shown more in that game, but the blueprint has been there just based on the roster construction and some of the issues they had in the, you know, in the lead up kind of games uh, before the tournament started. But the, my takeaway was kind of interesting Montenegro wise, uh, like hearing Vuge post game and stuff too. The amount of countries that still, um, I would say, don't believe they can beat the U.S. Like the, obviously it was, cl- you know, close, closely contested game still ended up being a double digit margin of victory. Um, and then the post game from Vooch is like, well, I, I hope the fans are proud of us. Like we, we kept it close as opposed to, you know, a number of nations now that would say go into games with the confidence of knowing and thinking that they can beat the U S team. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, there were some crazy upsets on Friday, uh, Italy upsetting Serbia was not, was, I thought a mini upset, um, I know Serbia doesn't have Jokic, but like I, I was still pleasantly surprised that Italy beat Serbia. And then Latvia has been like the team of the tournament at all, all in all. Like they upset Spain, which, you know, that was a surprise because Latvia has been doing that without Kristaps Porzingis, uh, without Giannis Tima, who might be retired from the national team now. I don't know, but there's other, there's a couple other guys missing for Latvia. And um, yeah, that was, uh, that was crazy. And then, we had a third game Friday because uh, all of all of the uh, the second group stage games were happening on the same day now with the with the sixteen teams. So uh, you had Slovenia Australia, which was a must win for the Aussies because uh, Slovenia was undefeated and the Aussies had lost to Germany last round. Ingles came off the bench again. Uh, Mike Toby and Luka Doncic got off to a great start. 
Ingles checked in at power forward again with uh, Slovenia up 15 to 13. The Aussies were then down 28 to 17 as Luca and Mike Toby were just carving them up, man. Um, and then there was a weird stretch where Luca got like a personal foul, a technical foul, and one of his teammates got a flop warning. And Slovenia was up still 34 to 20 with all that. That could have given the Aussies some momentum, but didn't end up happening. Um, because there was three personal fouls on Doncic, which was uh huge seven minutes until halftime. But I mean, even without Luca, like Slovenia was up 49-40 at halftime. And, you know, Luca had to be careful about his fouls in the second half. Ingles in 13 minutes off the bench. He had a foul, two missed three point attempts. And he was mostly kept in the corner when he should have been on the ball. Like this guy is very, has very good court vision. He's very good leading the second unit unit with the ball in his hands. And for some reason, the coaching staff, the players, maybe Slovenia's defense just did not let him handle the ball. And how much of this game did you watch? If any, Penny, um, I did not watch most of this one, uh, mostly highlights and just like, crazy Luca step back contested three action. So Slovenia was up 60 to 51 midway through the third. Uh, again, the Aussie just needed to let Ingles do more. Like the Aussies were just in frustration mode at this point. Like their bench had picked up a technical foul. Patty Mills was the only Aussie scoring at that point. Um, Australia did crawl back. They were down 66, 62 early in the fourth. Ingles at this point had played 19 minutes, but still wasn't doing much on the floor. Like it was, it was kind of wild. It was almost like a Tony Snell game almost, but he's, he's just sitting in the corner in the corner, just spreading the floor a little bit for his teammates and just not getting the ball at all. It was, it was very weird. And like Ingles is not a bad defender either. Like Joe will, will keep his own and at least in FIBA play defensively. So that wasn't an issue. He just was not getting the ball. And then Slovenia just, blew it up from there. They went up 81-66 with 3.37 to go in the game, which just put the nail in Australia's coffin. Luca didn't even shoot well in this game. He just got his teammates involved. And the Aussies, but with the loss, they don't make it to the quarterfinals. They're done. Um, you know, this result, I view it as an upset because I think the Aussies as a whole were better than Slovenia as a whole. Yeah, they have Luca, but Doncic alone should not have been enough to beat that Australia team. And I thought the Aussies got out coached um, and it was a rough game for Joe. Like Ingles was scoreless in 26 minutes. He had three shot attempts, two assists. That's it. Like the, the Aussies never let him run the second unit sh- unit show again. It was really perplexing and odd to me, uh, but the Aussies, they do, they, they earned their automatic Olympic qual- Olympic bid uh, after the first group stage because New Zealand didn't make it out. So um, the Aussies will be at the Paris Olympics. They don't have to play in any pre-Olympic qualifying tournaments. Um, they they have their automatic bid to Paris, but it's it's still it's a big uh, downer for them considering they won bronze at the Tokyo Olympics, and here they are in this FIBA World Cup, not even making it to the quarterfinals. Um, part of that is Patty Mills and Joe Ingles maybe slowly aging out. Although Patty Mills was still really good in this tournament, um, I thought. They, I thought the coaching staff did a bad job considering how many NBA pieces and how much NBA talent was there. Like, for instance, like White should have played over Nick Kay at center. Like that was a big deal. Um, Jock Londale getting hurt uh, 
or Jock Landale be, getting hurt was a big deal. Ended up being a big deal in this tournament. Like Xavier Cooks is really good, but he's still kind of undersized. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any any Ingles Australia thoughts from from your perspective? Are you surprised that Australia isn't in the quarterfinals? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I agree with you, especially with the amount of NBA talent that not not just NBA talent, but NBA talent that has been in the Australian system. For, you know, they're all comfortable playing with each other. It's not like they're throwing a team together. Yeah. Um, I don't believe like. I don't know. Does Jock Landau really move the needle that much? Like, so to huge upset. Um, and I agree with you. I think there was some questionable uh, Ingalls usage to, to put it mildly, like, especially in times when, when he could settle things down and kind of direct the action a little bit better. Uh, we had a few other big results uh on on this uh, on friday brazil upsetting canada was insane um yeah that was just it, it was wild uh and then puerto rico beat uh carl anthony towns and dominican republic like puerto rico who i was not expecting much and then that first friendly in vegas against the u.s puerto rico gave the u.s a lot of problems and Tremont waters has been good for puerto rico like that's that team, um, they uh, they they've done well in this tournament, um, but yeah, Canada losing to Brazil ended up meaning that Canada versus Spain was a was a winner go home situation <laughs> on Sunday. But um, before that, Saturday, along with these, you know, this round of 16 second group phase that's been going on, there's also these classification games that have been going on where the teams 17 through 32, you know, that got knocked out of the first round they're still playing in these classification games because there's olympic bids on the line so you had on saturday september 2nd you had new zealand beat egypt which officially gave south sudan an automatic 2024 paris olympic spot as the best fee by africa team which is an insane story and i think even if new zealand had lost to egypt based off point difference south sudan would have would have still gotten the olympic spot but um it's just a crazy story because South Sudan's only been a recognized nation for a decade. And you got Luol Deng, who's basically the GM of that program and Royal Ivy, the coach, like they've, they've built that program up. Um, Carlick Jones had one hell of a tourney. He averaged 20 points and 10 assists per game. Carlick Jones, who I was not very aware of, but apparently G league fans were, have been aware of. Um, yeah. Just a hell of a tourney from that guy. He he still might make the all tournament team. Like that's how good of a of a I think five games that he's had to average 20 and 10. Um and then host Japan, they get the FIBA Asia spot for the Olympics. They're going to Paris. Just a great tourney for them. Um, them being hosts in Okinawa, like that, that was just electric and awesome to watch. I don't know. Did you watch any Tokyo uh, any uh Japan games, Penny, or did you keep it to Magic Pacific players mostly? No, I, I I enjoy watching uh, Yuta Watanabe, so I caught a little bit of the, and I had them as my upset pick, too, to kind of advance further. There you go. You got one. Okay, you got one. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, Yuta Watanabe was great. Uh, they have the naturalized guy, Hawkinson. And then they have like they have a five foot six point guard. It's it's the it's the coolest thing. It's just lots of emotions watching their games, and that country deserves it. Like that program, Japan's on the rise. I think 
this because Japan getting the spot means China won't be in the Olympics. And this is the first time that China won't, won't have been in the Olympics in, I think, since the new millennium, basically since like Yao Ming existed. Like that, that's that's a big deal. Like I saw like some China like uh, media footage where like the Chinese like TV broadcasters were like crying. Like it was, it, it was emotional that they, they, they didn't get the spot. And I mean, China's programs in, in some trouble and Japan's is on the rise and like, it helped that Japan, all their games were home games, but still man, like that, that was, that was really cool to watch and you know, congrats to them. So, all right, Sunday, September 3rd. So today, uh, Australia, Georgia didn't matter. There was no reason to wake up at three 30 in the morning because both teams were not, were eliminated from making the quarterfinals. So this was just mostly a pride game at this point, but because of my dog waking me up in the middle of the night, I actually was up and watched the majority of this game. Um, Gogo was off the bench. He played fine. He was in double figures, uh, early in the third quarter, um, scoring wise, Angles actually scored and had a more normal performance in this game. The Aussies, they cruised to victory. Um, Georgia was resting guys like Shingalia didn't play, Tanaze didn't play. So, but um, it did get chippy in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, a Georgia player got thrown out. Um, Goga had two illegal screen calls in the first two minutes of the fourth. Goga and Ingles were actually matched up with each other at power forward with 520 to go in the game. But the Aussies won 184. Goga Bataze in 29 bench minutes. So I mean, it's a four, these are 40-minute games. So 29 bench minutes is a good amount. Uh Goga led all game scores with 20 points. And then he had six rebounds and a block. Ingles, like I said, a much more normal game for him. Uh 21 minutes off the bench. It seems like 20 minutes was the ideal sweet spot for him to play half the game. So he had 21, 21 minutes in this game, 10 points on three of seven on threes, six assists, five rebounds, a steal. Like that's, that's the type of Joe Ingles you expect to see for Australia, but their FIBA world cup tourneys are done. Um, the Aussies, like I said, we'll see in the Olympics by finishing in the top 16, Georgia will be in the pre-Olympic qualifying tournament next summer to try and make the Olympics. Um, the pre-Olympic qualifying tournament, it's, Four spots on the line. Uh, they get played in four different cities around the world. I think nations actually pay money to FIBA to try and host uh, a, a regional pre-Olympic qualifying tournament. So that's that's always interesting um, that there's a bidding process for that. But Georgia is going to be in one of those four tourneys next summer. Um, and each of these tourneys, there's six teams in. And the best team of those six teams in each of those four tourneys gets one of those 12 Olympic spots for, uh, for Paris. So yeah, that's still a big deal that George is even going to be in there. They're going to have yeah. to do it with a new head coach. Um, you know, Leo Zuros after eight years of stepping down. Uh, so I'm going to talk real quick about Goga and Ingles uh, stats that they average for their countries in the five games. And then I'll, I'll yield the floor to you with any final thoughts you got either on that game or, or any Goga Joe Ingles thoughts, but Goga in the five games for Georgia, he, uh, he averaged uh, 13.6 points per game, 7.8 rebounds, 1.6 assists, uh, 78.6 free throw shooting. He shot 67.7% field goal percentage. Uh, he shot 77% on twos, shot 44.4% on threes. So threes were dropping for him. Um, average two turnovers a game, 
Average of blocking game, 1.6 steals per game. Pretty, pretty great tournament for Goga, honestly. And then with Joe Ingles, the sit uh, in his five games with Australia, Ingles averaged 6.6 points per game, 3.4 boards, three assists, uh, 80% shooting from the charity stripe, 33.3 field goal percentage, which that's not good, uh, 40% on twos, 31.8% on threes, which wouldn't be horrendous by NBA standards, but in FIBA ball, and especially for Ingles, 38.8% from three is not good for him. Uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Any any thoughts on on Joe and Goga and their tournaments uh, before we uh, we focus on the other guys? Yeah, I mean, I think you uh, summed it up nicely. I thought Goga availed himself quite well. And like we talked about, I think nothing but positives kind of bringing uh, riding that wave into training camp and into the next NBA season, knowing that he's not buried behind, you know, Miles Turner and the like um, necessarily. And Joe did what Joe does, maybe not to the greatest capability, but the the biggest thing is he made it through without injury um, and has time now to to rest. Like they're they're going to the Olympics, job is done, rest up and get ready to contribute to the Magic um, come October. Yeah, I mean, look, the Aussies, they'll be disappointed that they weren't, they didn't win a, a medal in this tournament. But I mean, at worst, they, which I mean, again, all you got to do is beat out New Zealand, but you know, they, they at least get, make it to the Olympics. So they, maybe they'll get a few more NBA guys on that team in the Olympics, and that'll be much more a competitive group. And that'll probably be Joe Ingalls and Patty Mills' last tournament for the Australian team. Although I say that, maybe not. They might go till they're in their 40s. So anyway, all right. So the two later games today, this Sunday, were uh, Germany-Slovenia at 7-10 and then uh, USA-Lithuania at like 8-40. So Germany-Slovenia. Slovenia and Germany, each 4-0 going into their meeting on Sunday, just like the U.S. and Lithuania, undefeated teams. But um, Germany and Slovenia were finishing things out in Okinawa. This was the last game in Okinawa, Japan. Winner of uh, of this game got the better seed placement going into the knockout quarterfinals in Manila. Franz Wagner was out again. Uh, this is his fourth consecutive missed game since rolling his ankle towards the end of their first, uh, that happened towards the end of their first game against Japan. And I, this is definitely his worst ankle injury he's dealt with. I feel like, um, and you know, I, I, I don't know when we're going to see him now. Like I thought we would see him in the Slovenia game. I thought Germany like had enough to kind of survive the other games. Essentially, I thought for with the Slovenia game, I thought Franz would have to play. Um, it's one less body to throw at when it comes to defending Luka Doncic. There was a lot of pressure on Isak Bonga because they don't have you know Nick Weiler Bab in this tournament. He's he's hurt for Germany, so Isak Bonga was mostly it. Um, and then Mo Wagner at times guard Luka, but. You know, I still had Germany favored in this game with Mo Wagner bringing bench scoring, uh, which he did not do in this game, really. But um, Mo's defense, when facing Lucas' pick and roll partner Mike Toby, I thought would be big. And same thing with Daniel Tice and and uh, and the- and Thyman and uh, and uh, Voitman. Like pick and roll defense against that Luca Toby duo was going to be huge. And Doncic got off to a great start. Um, because Isak Bongo was not slowing him down. And, you know, the other thing was you needed to keep an eye on Dennis Schroeder in this game because he hurt his back in the Georgia game, apparently, and he was actually questionable for this game. But he didn't seem hurt to me, really. Um, Germany was down 16-11. 
it got intense in the timeout huddle where uh, hmm. Gordy Herbert got pissed at Schroeder, who was uh, busy getting angry at Daniel Tice uh, for something that they clearly miscommunicated on the floor. Uh, there's a moment where, like, there's a visible, there's a very clear uh, audio fuck from uh, from Herbert where he's he's demanding uh, Schroeder sit down. He actually grabs him by the arm, which he probably should not have done that. Um, but Gordy Herbert, he's a Canadian guy. He's a hockey guy at heart. He's named after Gordy Howe, basically. And uh, so as punishment, Gordy Herbert uh, sat down both Dennis Schroeder and Daniel Tice as Morris Wagner checked in. And because uh, at that point, Luca was outscoring Germany by himself 12 to 11. Uh, any did did you see the the timeout stint, Benny? And what do yeah. you think? See, well, this this is why you're not going to get that kind of access in the in the NBA with the 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 mics, hot mics, and everything. So we much. should, we should yeah. though. Damn it! Yeah. What do you okay? So, because with Schroeder, he is the captain. He is a big reason why Maxi Kleber. Well, he basically bullied Maxi Kleber out of the German national team which they could use him in this tournament for obvious reasons. Um, there was, there, there's been some other stuff out there uh, with him being kind of a little honorary with other folk, uh, other German players. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what Schroeder's role is going to be after this tournament, but uh, it ended up working out. Okay. But he, he had to sit down for like five to six minutes with Tice and, you know, Slovenia was up 25 to 11 after one quarter. Like Luca was by himself outscoring Germany 12 to 11. And it was just a horrendous Germany start. Uh, the second quarter was about Mo Wagner and Luka Doncic rekindling their, uh, the old magic Dallas fire from, uh, from now two years ago. Um, both got very physical with each other. Mo was putting on a shithousery clinic, as I like to say, um, Slovenia was still up 30 to 20 when Mo checked out. But uh, by this point, Luca was being thrown on his ass a lot. And there was just a lot of physicality. Um, like it, it yeah, it, it, Luca almost wanted to fight Mo at one point. Um, but by the time Mo checked out, you know, Slovenia was still up 30 to 20. Mo had three turnovers and three rebounds. Did you watch any of this between him and, and Luca? Yeah, no. Well, so to borrow a phrase from Phil Jackson, too, I obviously the NBA is a game of runs, right? But the international game, uh, it often seems like it with the, you know, time constraints and everything, it often seems like it turns on a trifle, uh, even more so than than the NBA games. So one little one little dust up one little thing can trigger kind of an avalanche that totally changes the the dynamic of the game moving forward which i thought kind of happened in this one it did because andreas opes heated up and slovenia hit a drought and germany was only down 31 32 with 230 to go until halftime so the the huge slovenia lead was gone um and then Ger- germany took the lead and they led 38 34 at halftime uh it was 27 second quarter points for Germany. Like they're up 34, 38, 34 at halftime, 27 of those points in the second quarter and their defense showed up. Um, Luca, he had 14 points, but only two in the second quarter. And he was at, he, he was only on one of seven, three point shooting at halftime. So he was struggling from deep. 
Mo Wagner had to be way better offensively off the bench. Like in the seven first half minutes, he had three turnovers, three boards, O of one from three. But again, kind of the energy that he kind of hurt Luca. It ended up happening. What ended up happening because Luca came out in the second half and apparently he had a thigh injury. So that either happened against Mo or that happened against Demon. But um, with Schroeder, he heated up to open the third quarter, and then all of a sudden Germany's up. 50 to 42 going into that first time out of the second half. Bonga gets a steal from Doncic and 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 nails a dunk and all of a sudden Schroeder, Tice and Bonga had Germany ahead 59-42 uh, 42 and 17 point lead. So all that heated timeout stuff between Herbert, Schroeder and Tice like that went by the wayside or and it just it everybody forgot about that cuz Slovenia was in massive trouble and Luca wasn't moving that great with because it, it looked like he was being bothered by like a, th- a thigh injury. Mo Wagner checked back in with Germany up 66-50 with a, a minute 40 to left in the third. You know, Mo, he hit he finally hit a three-pointer and he looked back to say something to either the Slovenian bench or the stands where the fans were. So I don't so there's definitely some shit talking going on there. And that three put Germany up 71-56. And at that point, Mo was one of three on field goals at that point. Um, did you notice uh, how pumped up uh, Franz and Mo's mom is in the crowd, Penny? <laughs> yeah. You you pointed that out the other game, and now it's fun to, you know, pay attention to moving forward. Yeah, that uh, – yeah, she's she's awesome. She is – I wish every Magic fan was like her, honestly. Like, uh, she's she's great. Uh, but yeah, that three pointer Mo was just getting pumped up by that point. Like he hit a second three after he hit, you know, and, and was really just amped up. And then Mike Toby fouled him for two free throws on the break. Mo crashed into the basket stanchion hard, but it seemed like he's fine. Um, hopefully he's fine after this game. He had a lot of adrenaline running through him at that point, but I mean, he, Germany was up 78 61 with 620 to go in the game. Mo then got three free throw attempts later on. He hit two of three. Germany, 89-65. Like, this game was over with 4.14 to go. Uh, Mo, at that point, was at 10 points and seven boards. Germany wins in a blowout. They they crushed Slovenia. They won 100-71. Big win over Slovenia without Franz. And they're 5-0 and in Japan, entering the knockout quarterfinals in the Philippines. Um, it Again, fourth straight game without Franz Wagner. Mo Wagner in 17 bench minutes had 10 points, four or five shooting from the free throw line, two or four shooting on threes, eight rebounds. Um, that was the other thing. Like, even though offensively it took him a while to get going, like he was still getting some boards. So the eight rebounds is good. Two steals and assists, three turnovers, wore down Luca in the second period, and that carried over in the second half. Um, this is where Mo, like, th- this is the type of thing Mo Wagner brings. Like if he's not on your team, you probably hate him, but if he's on your team, you love this. And it's these type of intangible things that stand out and why he got the contract that he got with the magic. I think, because when he's healthy, he's doing this stuff and he is just a huge, huge ball of energy and I love it. And yeah. Any final thoughts from this game before we go to USA, Lithuania, Penny? Yeah. I mean, all the little things that he does kind of in, sets the stage for like the flashy Schroeder stuff to, you know, like really become the Dennis Schroeder game where he's outperforming Luca and everything else. Like, so uh, always nice to have a Wagner brother on your team. 
So then at 8.40 this morning, uh, USA-Lithuania tipped off. Again, these teams were undefeated, so they're each 4-0. Uh, Lithuania had eliminated on Friday my uh, my Greek national team. That game, man, Greece played their hearts out. It was it was a great first half overall. And then Iggy Brasdakis in the wings just could not miss threes in the second half. Like Lithuania shot 15-24 on threes against Greece on Friday. And I said it, and I tweeted it. If they did that again, they were going to beat Team USA. And it essentially played out because they shot 14 of 25 on three. So they actually shot worse than they did on Friday, not by much. But, you know, they hit 14 threes against Team USA on Sunday. And that that drove them because they started nine of nine on threes yeah. in the all in the first half. And then they missed the the final three three-point attempts in the first half. But, yeah, I mean – out of the gate, I mean, look, I thought also Valanciunas was set up to have a big game, just like Vooch did. And Paolo, for this game, still wearing the wrap on his right-hand thumb. He'll probably wear it for the rest of this tourney. He had two fouls on Jaron Jackson Jr., two minutes and 50 seconds into the game. And in comes Paolo, Lithuania, up 7-6. to six. Valanciunas is way thicker and wider than Vooch is, and I just I don't think Paolo can handle guarding him or – trying to get a board against him like it's just it's unfair but and i thought this should have been a walker kessler matchup which kerr ended up switching to that fairly quickly but lithuania was up 17 to 8 kessler checked in sliding palo down to the power forward which i thought was fine but then kessler actually wasn't doing much against valentunas that was the scary part uh and then this is where lithuania is just heating up from three um, like how they finished with Greece is how they opened the first half of this USA game, just scorching hot from three. Um, I thought Lithuania smartly was looking to rough up and get physical with Austin Reeves, be it posting them up or just hacking the shit out of them when they could uh, on the other end. Um, I thought Halliburton uh, didn't get off to a good start and just didn't have a good game. And I mean, Halliburton's been the guy that's that's really driven this U.S. offense overall, like when it's not Edwards, like going into like Durant or Michael Jordan, like offense, like ISO offense mode, like Halliburton's the guy that gets the U.S. offense going. And he just couldn't really do that in this game. I thought the Lithuanian crowd played a massive role too. Like they always travel well and they've traveled, they traveled well for this game. Um, they were very loud. It was 31 to 12 after one quarter for Lithuania, like at this point they were six of six on threes. And I mean, that 19 point deficit, I don't know when the last time USA has been down by 19 in a game, but that's, that, that's what happened out of the gate. Um, Paolo set to start the second quarter at that point. He, he just had two rebounds, the one missed shot in seven minutes. What was your viewpoint after that first quarter, Penny? I mean, uh, obviously a rough start, but that hasn't been out of the norm for the Team USA. It almost seems like the the bench and the depth kind of triggers the runs that get the USA team going um, in this tournament so far. But all of the pain points from the first quarter would remain that way the rest of the game. Like Lithuania, I think they came with a great game plan. Obviously, they shot the shit out of the ball too. Mm -hmm. um, but... They identify, you know, the, the game plan was solid and the execution was solid. And it certainly started that way in the first two. Uh, former Magic Man, Iggy Brasdakis, still doing work for the uh, for the Lithuanian national team. Uh, yeah, he, he he put Lithuania up 48-29 with 432 to go until halftime. Uh, 
because at that point Edwards had actually started to heat up, but then that momentum subsided. Um, Brasdake has put Lithuania up 52 to 31 as he came off a curl with just no resistance from Brunson and teammates on that, on the, on the left side of the floor. And then, uh, Kessler and Jaron Jackson Jr. were both in foul trouble at this point, I believe. Um, so Paolo had to guard Valanciunas. So Brasdakis curls off, goes towards the basket, went up, uh, and Paolo had his back turned to him because he was busy guarding Valanciunas. But by the time he turns, he goes up to try and challenge uh, Brasdakis. Uh, Iggy dunks it down and basically posterizes Paolo. Um I don't know. There's, I don't think there's much more Paolo can do there. Like he, he, he shouldn't be in this situation, but I, I still thought he was playing better than all the other big men. Like he was playing better than Kessler, Jaron Jackson Jr., better than Bobby Portis. Like Paolo was basically literally the only option they had at center. It wasn't a great option, but it was better than the others. And in that situation, look, man, when you're going up to try and challenge shots, you're going to get dunked on. So, but Prasdegas has like a poster for the rest of his life. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, Penny. Yeah, well, I mean, again, and see, speechless, right? You're speechless. About, <laughs> the crazy thing about Iggy too is like, it didn't seem like anyone shaded him right the entire game. Like, we obviously we've seen him play quite a bit, where uh, certainly left hand dominant, and you know, curling off left hand strong, getting the inbound pass to raise up and have an easy dunk it it's just for like there's not much more that paolo could do but it almost felt like watching a magic game at times um with the lack of being able to defensive rebound and specifically paolo too like certainly something he's got to improve upon over the course of his career yeah but they guess they he didn't really run into much resistance until the third quarter when finally like they started blocking him off a little bit and and cutting off his drives. But yeah, at that point, it was just a really bad defensive job as a whole. And at halftime, Lithuania was up 54-37. Uh, the U.S. had a lot to talk about, obviously, in the locker room, which they did. Uh, but Lithuania had started the game 9-9 on threes. They missed their last three in that second quarter to be 9-12 at halftime, but still scorching hot three-point shooting at that point. Um, yeah, at that point, Paolo was at 10 minutes, uh, two points, one to two field goals, uh, two rebounds. Again, he was still playing better than Jaron Jackson Jr., Kessler, and Portis. Uh, the deficit then got cut to nine with, I thought, was some very favorable FIBA officiating for the U.S. Um, you know, Valanciunas was getting tagged with some bogus fouls, and he had a field goal robbed from him as well, but uh the, the US didn't need that extra help really um it was 56 52 Lithuania when Paolo checked in with 5 minutes to go in the third just a big uh US 13 to 2 run before that uh when Paolo checked in uh Mani Yunus had come in for Valanciunas Paolo th- has this awful cross court pass turnover it was a second turnover of the game at that point that led to uh, Lithuania points on the other end. Lithuania was back up 62-54. Uh, Paolo got up to four points with a nice strong finish down low, uh, cutting the Lithuania uh, lead to four with a minute to go in the third. Uh, Lithuania was up six going to the fourth. Uh, that 
And then yeah, I was 71, 65, Lithuania going to the fourth. Like Lithuania's last bucket was uh Kuzminska's got a, like an offensive rebound kind of shot put back into the basket and it came off a bad Paolo missed rebound attempt. Like he just didn't box out and just didn't get up for it. And that's the one thing I don't care. You know, I don't expect him to be a start, starting center for the magic. I don't, that's still Wendell, but um, from a power forward perspective, like, or even, even a small forward perspective, like he's got to rebound better. Like I'm, you can explain it and pinpoint Paolo's issues. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's effort. I think it's just technique and just, cause he's got the lower body to box out. Well, he's just not really doing it or he just doesn't have i guess the knack or the niche of rebounding yet like it can be taught but he just doesn't have it yet and it's it's a problem at the moment and, and it's going to be a problem next season for the magic if he if he doesn't improve on that i don't know if you want you can explain we're, that we're not asking like him to be andre drummond right no, we're no, talking no. About, like positional rebounding um at, at the three or the four or wherever like just doing your job and yeah, there's technique involved for sure. There's effort involved for sure. I, I think the biggest thing, honestly, is mindset, right? Like, and if you're not, there, there's two things. You're either taking your guy out of the picture so he can't get the offensive rebound or you're going to hunt the basketball. Like, you got to do one or the other and you get in trouble when you do neither, um, which yeah. happens far, far too often. And that the the I going back to the terrible cross court pass right before that sequence that kind of stunted the US run, like the thought process there was great. If you remember, that was the sequence where um, Anthony Edwards uh, shot a wide open three, missed it. US gets an offensive rebound, kick it back to him, wide open three again, misses it. US gets the offensive rebound. Uh, swings over to Paolo and he's trying to go back to Edwards for the third three. Cause you're like, there's no way he's going to miss three in a row. Yeah. But it's just a, it's a lazy pass that almost comes like it had no zip team, on it. Whole team kind of sleepwalking a little bit, even in the midst of the run. But like, again, that kind of goes back to my, that's a pass you make like in a pickup game uh, that's being recorded for your Instagram and not in a national competition like you swing swing so i i think a lot of it is like still kind of we'll call it tapping into that mindset and staying consistent and kind of that like professional um full effort mindset which i think ties back to the rebounding too so fourth quarter valentunas gets a lot of rest like i i noted like Jonas valentunas was being rested a lot um going like into the fourth quarter and then Kerr put poor uh, Bobby Portis in for Palo to start the fourth. And I thought that was a bad decision overall. Um, yeah. Like he, cause at that point, Jaron Jackson jr. Still has the three fouls and, you know, Lithuania's up 89, 81 with five twenty-six to go when Jaron Jackson jr. Replaces Bobby Portis. I thought at this point, Palo should have played at small forward. Uh, instead of Austin Reeves or Brandon Ingram in the fourth quarter, because he can handle their big wings, whether they're trying Lithuania is trying to post up or just from a girth size wise, like Paolo is a lot bigger than Austin Reeves and a hell of a lot bigger than Brandon Ingram as well. So um, he, I, I thought, I thought the coach is fucked up here. I don't know. But did, did you think, or did you think Paolo didn't warrant those minutes at that point? Or I, I don't know. What's your viewpoint? I thought Paolo should have gotten small four four minutes at this point. 
I, I, I mean, I'm going to call a spade a spade. Like his his play has gotten kind of progressively worse throughout the group stage here. Um, I would have gone back with Jaron Jackson Jr. much earlier than. than yeah, they should have done that for sure. Yeah. Um, I think I think they should have played Jackson with Paolo. They that's something that didn't happen at all in this game. Like they tried Paolo and Kessler in the first quarter, but they never did. Uh, Jackson and Paolo. And I, I saw some national reporters saying, well, they should have done Jackson and Kessler. I, I don't think that would have worked. I thought Jackson and Paolo would have been fine. Um, oh, well. So Monty Yunus briefly replaces Valanchunas, who picked up his fourth foul. Lithuania is up 91-85 with four minutes to go. Be honest. Did you think the U.S. was coming back down six with four to go? Because I did. I, I honestly did. I honestly, when... Uh... At, they cut it to four, and uh, I think in the third, and Jaron Jackson missed yeah, the did. wide open three, um, and then the, the, the kind of stalled the run. I felt like if they didn't get over the hump, then it was not going to happen. They just couldn't quite string it together enough. So it was ninety-one eighty-five with four to go. It's then 98-90. Lithuania not only holding on to the lead, but growing it just a tad bit by two. Kerr goes even smaller with his lineup. He goes Jaron Jackson Jr., but then he goes Bridges at the four, Edwards, Brunson, Halliburton. Size is the problem in this game. Like, you can't get smaller at this point. This is why you got to put Paolo on the wing. Like, I know Reeves wasn't working. I know Ingram hasn't worked, like, the whole tournament. But, um, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. then fouls out, and Paolo rolls back in for him. Where with 131 to go in the game and Lithuania's up 103-92. Like there's still time, but I mean it's 11 point lead with 90 seconds left essentially. Um Edwards, Anthony Edwards, he almost pulled off the comeback by himself offensively. He he ends up having 35 points in this game. Um that last minute lasted a lifetime, yeah. it felt like. Cause I, I think it like and it had nothing to do even with timeouts. It's not like in, like with the NBA where you can call a million timeouts. It's you, it was reviews, it was fouls, it was just a lot of discussion stuff. Uh, not no fault of the refs. It's just it just got so competitive and and really just there's a lot going on. And the FIBA refs were kind of so so because that's what the FIBA refs are. They're so so. They're nowhere near as good as Euroleague refs. But um, yeah, I mean, Paolo gets a steal, but Bridges misses the corner three that would have cut the lead the deficit from four to one with. 10 seconds left bridges misses the miss that corner three lithuania gets the open court dunk that that's the ball game lithuania um was up six with 6.8 seconds left like even no matter what Kerr drew up uh in the time in that last time out like it, it was it was basically done like lithuania would have had to pulled like a weird reggie miller next moment for for that to not be a lithuania win but yeah upset complete lithuania improved the five and oh team usa they lose 110 to 104. They're four and one. Um, again, Lithuania shot 14 to 25 on threes, which was slightly worse than the 15 threes they made against Greece on Friday. But um, the 110 points is the most points the U.S. have had scored against them all time in the FIBA World Cup. Um, offensively today, I thought I thought Paolo let himself down a little bit, but I thought he was let down by his teammates as well. Like. He can't be the dream on green offensively if his teammates go ISO ball, which happened way too often. And like I said, Tyrese Halliburton did not have a good, a good game and it 
and the whole rest of Team USA suffered. Like if, and Kerr's got a decision to make. I think Kerr needs to start Halliburton um, moving forward. But Paolo in 16 bench minutes, he had six points, two rebounds, two assists, one steal, two turnovers, three or four field goals. Like he need Paolo just needs more than four field goal attempts. But I guess every USA f- team. Uh, member and then every NBA fan of those USA team members probably thinks their guy should have more shots as well. So, um, but I think more Palo should have more than four shot attempts. So yeah. What, what final thoughts for this game for whether Palo, whether going forward now going to the quarterfinals, because we'll talk about the quarterfinal matchup here briefly. I mean, he didn't have a great game, but it was not a great situation for him for what they were asking him to step in and and do. Um, I think this is the game that probably like the the analysts and prognosticators kind of could see things coming to a head, just style of play and kind of, you know, where the U.S. was uh, vulnerable and it certainly came to fruition. But um, I also think like... I, there's, I mean, they're still the favorite for, for winning at all, right? They are still the favorite, but the the door is open. I, I think, I mean, out of these eight teams now in the quarterfinals, four of them can win gold probably. Um, so here we go. Quarterfinal matchup. Team USA versus Italy. It's the Paolo Bancaro Bowl here in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's single elimination knockout from here on out. So it's win or go home. Um, Coach Pazeco in this quarterfinal for Italy, it is going to be fascinating in regards to what he says about Paolo in the press conferences and on the court because he's going to be asked the question, no doubt. And he could handle this in a million ways. Like every uh, every response answer is on the table with Coach Pazeco. Like it could be he could ignore it. He could be positive with Paolo. He could like completely eviscerate him and really <laughs> make it like a thing uh, when they play each other. Um, like he could go a million different ways. Like that guy is super freaking passionate and he's been a FIBA media darling for a couple of years now. And, um, you know, because of this U S loss, we can't have a USA Germany final. They could USA Germany could face each other in the semifinals. Um, you know, despite this loss, Team USA did clinch an Olympic spot, uh, being one of the two FIBA Americas teams to to uh, being one of the two best FIBA Americas teams. Uh, Canada being the other because they knocked out defending champion Spain. So Spain went from almost losing and being knocked out of this tournament entirely to they beat Spain and along with the U.S. they grabbed the 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 uh, the second. Uh, automatic ticket for the Paris Tokyo Olympics because had Canada lost to Spain, that would have went to Brazil and Canada would have had to have gone through the pre-Olympic qualifying tournament. So, um, yeah. Any all right, let's talk quarterfinals here real quick, and I'll, I'll get your any any American Italy takes uh, thoughts from you, Penny. But um, you know, looking at real quick at how the second group stage phase went. Um, we'll go group I through group L, but um, group I, Italy finished first, Serbia second. They're in the quarterfinals. Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic go home. Carl uh, Anthony Towns almost uh, dragged the Dominican Republic into the quarterfinals. Like it was, uh, it, it almost happened. I don't know what any thought surprises with that group I result, Penny, uh, with uh, because Puerto Rico, I mean, they finished third. Like they they finished third in this group, but it was uh, 
there was a lot of drama with this group. No, you and you call. I think you called it too. Like Cat uh, had a great tournament too for the Dominican Republic, and um, I, I think overall, I, I, I guess I was kind of surprised Serbia made it out, but um, not super surprising. But just pretty, pretty great games in in that group. Yeah, Bogdanovic, uh, Jovic, who again the Blazers better trade for him once this stupid Lillard Miami trade happens, like. Jovic better be in that deal and he's actually a really good player and Portland's actually gonna be really happy with him um and then Serbia's just got a bunch of good Europe, uh, European guys uh with you know Militinov and stuff like that but um yeah I thought Italy and Serbia would make it out of group I it ended up happening uh I I just it was a little bit crazier than I thought it would be because Italy upset Serbia I didn't expect that I thought Serbia I think was going to be one and Italy would have been two um yeah, and then Group J, Lithuania finishes on top of the U.S. Uh, Montenegro finishes three and two and third, and in, in Greece, uh, you know they lost both their games this weekend. They're two and three. Uh, I thought Greece had enough to beat Lithuania. Uh, it looked good in the first half. Thomas Walkup had like the first half, and not honestly a game of a lifetime. But then Lithuania caught fire, and just Greece couldn't keep up. We just didn't have the bodies and the talent. Um, we literally didn't have the bodies because I think we were down to like 10 guys going at this game, but, uh, and then Montenegro, I thought, you know, Greece barely lost by four to Montenegro today. Uh, I watched a good portion of that game. Um, again, Vooch, uh, Vooch and, and, and his teammates were, were too much like Kendrick Perry didn't even play in this game and still Montenegro had enough to beat Greece. So uh, I think we're going to get a new national team coach. I think uh, Dimitris do this this time with the Greek national teams over. I think a, a lot, a couple of, a couple of Greek guys that didn't play, uh, didn't play because it is the head coach, uh, not Giannis Didacumbo because Yanni's actually hurt, but um It'll be interesting to see who coaches the the Greek national team. Um, there's a rumor going around that a uh, former player legend uh, Vasily Spanoulis might coach him because he's been coaching uh, since he retired from basketball. That would be a very intriguing. Um, but yeah, Lithuania finished on top of the U.S. Like I said, I thought the U.S. would find a way to be five and zero coming out of Group J. That didn't happen. Any Group J thoughts, Penny? I mean, just the no one. I don't think anyone thought that the U.S. wouldn't come out on top, but no, no big surprise in terms of one-two there. Uh, at Group K, Germany undefeated, five and zero. Slovenia finished second, four and one. Australia three and two. Georgia two and three. Those two go home. I thought Germany would finish undefeated in the group. I thought they would need Franz to do it. They didn't, and they still did it. So, uh, do you think? Germany is the second best team in this tournament behind the U.S. Or do you think it's Canada or somebody else? I, I still, I mean, we're assuming full roster. Then I still think it's Germany. Okay, because the national, the NBA media still think it's Canada. That's that's the that's the thing. So I, I I'm not crazy in thinking it's Germany. And FIBA thinks it's Germany. Not that the FIBA rankings mean anything, but um, I I think because they have guys that aren't in the NBA like uh. Thiemann, uh Obst, Lowe, uh, Isak Bonga is no longer in the NBA. Like uh, people discount them because they they're more familiar with the names on Team Canada and stuff like that. But I, you know, with if they had if Germany had Mo Wagner last year, they would have won gold at EuroBasket, and it's it it could be in play here. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I thought Germany was going to finish undefeated Group K. I thought Australia had w- w- would have beaten Slovenia, and it just it didn't happen. It, it did not happen, and that's credit to Luca being amazing and Australia just not being good enough that game. And credit to Slovenia and Luca, they they take that second spot. I'm just I'm still surprised Australia just didn't figure it out this weekend. They they need to upgrade their coach. That's that's a big issue. And then Group L. Canada finishes uh, on top of uh, Group L at four and one. Latvia four and one. They finish second. Spain are out. They finish three and two and third. Brazil also out. They finish fourth in the group, three and two. Um, Latvia has just been an unbelievable story. It, it's it, they play so well together. When 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 they're passing that ball, man, they they can be just about anybody. Like they beat France. They beat Spain. They beat uh, what was it Canada? Like it's yep. it's wild, man. Like it, it's 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 freaking insane. So that was uh, yeah. Th- it's been a hell of a run without Porzingis, and yeah, I thought it would be Canada would be undefeated going in going into the quarterfinals, and Spain would finish second, and just didn't play out like that. Have you seen any of Latvia? Um, just just more highlights, and obviously the the upset when. Um, you know, a lot of that, but su- all right, surprising, yeah. very surprising. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is a quarterfinal ma- matchup. So, you know, recording this Sunday night, everybody has the day off Monday. Um, so enjoy your Labor Day weekend, even though they don't celebrate Labor Day way over there, but uh, or at least I don't think they do, but um, everybody's got Monday off two quarterfinal games, Tuesday, two quarterfinal games, Wednesday. Tuesday, the first quarterfinal is Lithuania, Serbia at 4.45 a.m. Eastern U.S. time. Um, And then Italy, USA, later that Tuesday morning, 8.40 in the morning. And then Wednesday uh, uh, on September 6th, it is Germany, Latvia at 4.45 in the morning. And then Canada, Slovenia at 8.30 a.m. later that Wednesday, September the 6th. Marco uh, Pogliariccio, who is an Italian basketball reporter, had uh, a great tweet that he pulled out that this is the first time in 27 years we don't have one of France or Spain in the top eight of either the Olympics, the World Cup, or Eurobasket. And that's just crazy because I'm used to France or Spain being involved in these tournaments my whole life, basically. And they're not in here. So you have... I mean, Latvia is the big upset being in here. You could argue Italy and Lithuania as well, in a way. Um, but yeah, I mean, Canada—they're making their first Olympics for the first time since 2000, so they're they're on the rise finally as a, as a program as Canada. But let's get into predictions, Penny. What are we thinking for uh, for the first day with uh, Tuesday, September fifth? Uh, you got Lithuania, Serbia, and you got Italy, USA. Who who you got winning those uh, those two games? I mean, I'm it's recency biased again, right? But to me, I have Lithuania and the U.S. advancing to the semis. So I do too. I think Lithuania is going to struggle a bit um, to find a way to beat Serbia. I think they've used up so much energy and so much shooting. They've made 29 threes in the last right. two games. Like, I I can't imagine them keeping that up. Like, it's it's almost going to be similar to how the 2006 World Championship played out in in 
in Japan in two, you know, 2006, where Greece knocked out the U.S. in the semifinal, and then they had nothing left for Spain in the championship game, and we got our asses handed to us by Spain. Yep. Spain won the gold, Greece won the silver. And a similar situation could play out because Lithuania used a, a lot of energy, a lot of shooting power today, and you know, one day arrest may not be enough uh, to 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 really take on a Serbia team that, even without Jokic, is still very good and most and still fairly seasoned. Um, I think Lithuania is going to figure it out though, but it it would not shock me at all if Serbia wins that game. It, it really would not. Um, Italy USA. I already mentioned the coach Pazeko stuff, the the Paolo storyline where Paolo at sixteen years old got an Italian passport. And literally up until February, March was on track to eventually play for Italy. You know, he said that he wasn't going to play at all in this world cup. And then out of the blue, he gets the U S invite and he's playing in this world cup um, with team USA. And, you know, you can't switch now. He's, he's, he's a two team USA guy forever. Um, And he it's, it's going to be interesting because there's a decent amount of Italian fans in the Phil in the in the in Asia right now. There'll be a, a decent, it'll be a good amount of Italian fans in Manila for this game. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they did a situation where they boo him every time he touches the ball. Um, I yeah, I, I hope uh, Italian fans keep it clean because there there is a uh, a bit of a racism problem in uh, all all parts of the world have it. I mean, here in our backyard in Florida in Orlando here, we, we have this issue um, where we've got like Nazis out at, at Disney and near the I four I saw and Altamont Springs and stuff like that. But um, you know, when Paolo, when it was announced, Paolo was going to join team USA, like the, the Italian national team and the Italian fan base was completely caught off guard and they did not have nice things to say to him on social media. And that hurt and pain, it's going to come out in this game now with a semifinal spot on the line here. Um, because there's still the two FIBA Euro, uh, the two FIBA Europe uh, Olympic automatic spots up for grabs here. Like we've got one, two, three, four, five, six European teams still fighting to get the two automatic qualifying spots for, for the Olympics. Yeah. So that's on the line as well. Um, if you lose in this quarterfinals, you have to play in the pre-Olympic qualifying tournament in the summer. And that sucks. Um, so yeah. Uh, what's your USA Italy viewpoint um, going into this with, with what you know, what you got your feeling on this? Like I still expect the U S to win. I hope Paolo has a good game. I don't want to be this to be a situation where like it mentally hurts him coming out of it and going into the magic season. Like that's the last thing I want. I think he'll be fine. He's a really strong kid at 20 years old, and I think mentally he can handle it. But what are your thoughts going into this? Yeah, I mean, you talk about them potentially booing every time he touches the ball. Well, it wouldn't be a lot of boos because there's not a lot of possession. They do like the whistle jeer thing. They don't even it's not even boos. It's like whistle jeers type thing. I honestly like it. We've talked previously about, you know, there's there's some high quality play from the Italian side um, in this tournament so far, but I facing the U.S. team on the heels of a defeat, like I'm anticipating a bounce back game for Palo, more favorable matchups. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the U.S. won this one by 20 plus to move on to the semis. 
I kind of hope Kerr feeds him a little bit. Like I, I think this is this is the game that you got to feed Paolo for a number of reasons, and we might see it. Um, Italy does not have the size advantage or the beef advantage that say Lithuania had or even Montenegro had, but they've got talent. I mean, they've got Fontecchio, they've got they've got uh, Tonut Spisu, like they've got like a pretty good cast of guys. Uh, this is Gigi Datomi's last tournament with Italy. I think he just hit. 200 caps with them and they don't want to go home. Like they want to go all the way with Gigi and um, yeah, it's it. I, look, the U S should win this game. It, it really, it, I will act stunned and surprised if Italy wins this game, I will not be surprised or stunned or I, I will not be stunned. I'll be surprised. I will not be stunned if Italy wins this game because last year at Eurobasket, they knocked out Jokic in Serbia and they made a hell of a run in that tournament. And it would be something if somehow Italy beats you to us and Paolo is on the wrong side of that. Um, yeah. I don't think it's going to play out, but that would be one hell of a story. So, um, so hopefully Paolo drops like 20 points in this game and yeah. U.S. wins, which I think they will. All right, what do we think of the other side of the bracket here? You got Germany, Latvia, uh, early Wednesday morning, and then you got Canada, Slovenia. Who who do you think uh, comes out of those two games? Yeah, I again, I think Germany. We think is the second best team in the in the whole tournament, so have mm-hmm. them advancing. And I think too, um, while the Canadian team is young, having had the kind of egg on their face defeat already. Uh, I think propels them forward in the tournament too. So I have Germany and Canada moving on. So we have the same thing. Um, I think Germany is going to end this Latvia fairy tale story, uh, but Latvia can hit threes, man. That's the create, and they share the ball so beautifully. And if they they find a flow against Germany, like Germany's defense was bad in the first half against Slovenia, especially the first quarter. Like if Germany sleepwalks through that first quarter again, like Latvia might actually make them pay permanently in that game, but. I hope Franz plays. He needs to guard Bertans um, if he does, but or even Zagar. Zagar's has been all amazing for for Lithuania. We'll see how that plays out, but um, Germany should have enough to to do that to beat them. And then yeah, Canada's been battle tested. They they they. I think they knock out Slovenia. I think Luca's magic runs out against the, a deeper Canada, and just like how he couldn't overcome Germany. Um, I don't think he can overcome this Canada team. So then this would set up a Friday, September 8th semifinal of USA versus Germany and Lithuania versus Canada. Um, I don't know. Do you want to make a prediction now on those? If that, if, or do you want to save it for, cause I plan on doing a pod uh, Wednesday night after the quarterfinals happen. Well, let's keep the suspense alive then. All right. And heck, we might get surprised. So uh, any final FIBA, FIBA thoughts? Have you seen the Japanese robot mascot? What do we think? <laughs> uh, I'm not a huge mascot guy, but I, I'll get on board. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode. If you're still listening, we thank you very much for your time. Subscriptions, high ratings, positive comments all help this podcast ranking immensely. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. No C's, just S's. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. With that, take care. Let's go magic.